Welcome to the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood, and I want to take just a second to ask you to leave a rating and review of the podcast. We sure would appreciate that. You know the drill. Helps other people find it, helps us learn and get better for you, the listener, all that good stuff. So leave some words, leave some stars. We read every one of those. Thank you in advance for taking the 30 seconds it takes to do that. Well, today on the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast, I want to talk to you about teams. And if you follow us on some of the other stuff that we do in Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube and the blog, you'll notice that we have a lot of content coming out right now on teams. And it's because it's one of the most important topics for you to consider as a student ministry leader. And here's why. It's because you are both on a team as a teammate and you lead a team. One of the most significant things that you do that you've heard us talk about on the podcast over and over and over and over and over is developing, recruiting, and training your volunteer team. So this idea of leading a team and being a teammate on a team is central to you being an effective student pastor. What I want to talk to you about today specifically is not the team that you lead, per se. It's not recruiting, developing, and training volunteer leaders. Where I want to focus today is actually the part that we talk about less than the other, and that is you being on a team yourself, you being a teammate on a team. Now, here's what this looks like for me. So as a student pastor, I was on a team of a kids ministry leader, an adult ministry leader. There was a minister of education or maybe what now is called the next gen pastor at your church, uh, the senior adult pastor. There was a group of people that was my team. Dave McNeil, uh, who has been on our staff here at Lifeway Students, has led World Changers, um, has been on the podcast before and will be part of our team's workshop on student ministry that matters uh, coming up is one of his things that he left with us here. One of the sessions that he would teach in our on-site essentials conference is about your first team. And he'll talk more about that in the team's workshop that we're going to be doing on student ministry that matters. But uh, one of the things that stuck out about that is that he would teach on how the team that we should be most loyal to is that team that we are not that we are on, not the team that we would lead. So that when we sit around a table with the kids ministry leader, the college pastor, if that fits your context, the senior adult pastor, the adult minister, that team we should consider our first team. So Dave will talk more about that. So we're not going to go really far into it at this point. What I want to bring out to you is this. How do I know if I am treating this team, the one that I am on, my teammates with the level of loyalty and respect that it deserves? So one of the things that I noticed that I'm not super excited about to share with you in my own leadership as a student pastor is there would be a lot of moments where I would know that that that, that meeting is coming, that the, the minister of education meeting is right around the corner, and I would be like, man, I do not want to go to this meeting. It, half of it's not going to be for me. If not more, I'm going to be bored with it. And I allowed myself to develop this attitude of kind of an apathy towards this meeting. Now, listen, there are very few of us who look at meetings and go, I can't wait to have another meeting. But I noticed that when I started to have an apathetic view of this meeting, 
that I actually started to have an apathetic view of the other ministries around the table. And that's when it became dangerous for me because as a teammate, I should be their biggest cheerleader. Here's the reality, student pastor. There are moments where you should be your kids' ministry leader's biggest cheerleader, biggest supporter. You need to be visibly on their team. And here's the reality of larger churches. The larger your church gets, the less frequently you interact with the other team members around that table. Yet, as a student pastor, we inherit the majority of students that are in our student ministry. Have you ever thought about that? The majority of students that you have in your ministry, you actually inherit from the children's ministry. And if we're taking a really strategic view about the discipleship of families and teenagers and kids, then there should be a seamless handoff. There should be a unifying strategy and vision between those two ministries specifically to care for and partner with parents and families throughout their time at our church. So if we're not excited about that meeting and if we become apathetic or dreading that meeting or if we even see ourselves becoming a little apathetic and, man, I don't really, I'm not going to concern myself with what the kids' ministry or any other ministry in the church does because it's not mine and I'm not ultimately responsible for it. When we get to that point, it really limits our effectiveness. And I think it reveals a deeper issue than our effectiveness. It reveals a lack of teammanship, if I can make up a word really quickly. It reveals a lack of a heart to be a good teammate on our church staff. So one of the key indicators, so like if you're imagining this driving down the road as a leader and you're in your car and you have these dashboard lights on your car and one of them comes on and it's like, hey, this is a warning sign that something might be a little off. Then one of those warning signs in you being a great teammate, remember, we're not talking about the team that you lead here. We're talking about the team that you're on. So one of the warning signs of you not being a great teammate is developing an apathy towards the meetings that you are a part of where you don't lead to developing even an apathy towards the other ministries of the church. Let me give you an example. You should care deeply about what's going on in the senior adult ministry of your church. And you might say, Ben, why in the world should I care about what the senior adult ministry is doing in my church. It is the farthest thing away from student ministry. Well, here's why. Because research shows that when teenagers are connected to the larger body of Christ in the church, when they're not just connecting with other teenagers and adults that you recruit to lead them, but they actually connect with a broad range of generations in the church, it has a positive effect on them staying connected to the church even after high school. So you connecting teenagers to senior adults in your church actually influences their long-term faith. So you should care deeply what's going on in the senior adult ministry of your church because the senior adult leader, whether volunteer or full-time staff or part-time or whatever, they are your teammate. And together you can develop a strategy that helps link senior adult believers with 
teenage believers that has a long-term impact on their discipleship. But if I walk into that meeting and I'm apathetic and, and towards the meeting, or I think it's boring and I let myself lose focus, then I'm going to miss potential discipleship opportunities. If I allow myself to think it's so far away from student ministry that I don't need to know what's going on, then I'm losing opportunities to disciple teenagers and I'm losing opportunities for myself to learn. And I would put that as dashboard indicator or warning light indicator number two that you're not being a good teammate. Or if we want to say it more positively, that you can improve as a teammate, right? So I would say here is dashboard warning indicator number two. If you get to a point where you feel like there's nothing for you to learn from the other people around the table, then that's a sign that you're not engaging as a teammate should. You know it as well as I do. You can learn something from anyone. And let's never be people that allow our pride or our vision of our own success or our vision of our own areas cloud our ability to learn from someone else around the table, whatever table you might find yourself in. The best leaders are leaders that continually learn. And you can be someone who continually learns by approaching those meetings with the mindset of, for me to be a good teammate, I need to focus in because I want to learn. There are going to be things that you can learn from your kids' ministry leader, from the kids pastor at your church. There are going to be things that you can learn from anyone sitting around the table as long as you say, okay, today's meeting, I'm going to focus and I'm going to take a priority of seeing those discipleship connections like I talked about a second ago and seeing the priority of learning from someone around the table. All right, here's dashboard indicator number three. If you don't believe that you can enhance the ministries of the other people around the table or enhance the ministries of the other church. So here's the thing. You are an influencer as a leader. You believe that you can have a great influence on the lives of teenagers, on the lives of families, parents, all of those people that you frequently engage with. But you can also has a, have a positive impact in the full team that you lead. But you need to go into these meetings saying, I'm going to look for ways to enhance the people around me. I believe that I'm a strong leader. And listen, there's nothing with you wrong with you believing that you're a strong leader. So if, you, if you're saying to yourself, I believe I'm a strong leader, but then you never take the opportunity to influence or upgrade or enhance the things around you, then you're not stepping into the vision that you have for yourself as a leader. So if you're saying, I think I'm a strong leader, I have something to give and I have something to offer here, then you need to step into those shoes and offer that up. Uh, for a lot of meetings early on in ministry, um, I kept my mouth shut in meetings law. And for the most part, um, I try to do that still. Uh, I try not to be the person in the room that talks the most 
Um, that changes if I'm leading a meeting, sometimes by the nature of it, I have to talk more than in other meetings. But when there's a meeting where I'm not in charge, I try not to be the person that talks the most. But I had to turn a corner in my leadership where I believed they wouldn't have me on this team if they didn't believe I had something to offer the team. And I think that's the mindset that you need to take on in these multi-pastor meetings as well, right? You wouldn't be on the team if they didn't believe you had something to offer the team. Now, I think there's a humble way to approach this. I think there is a way to approach it that is not prideful, is not my stuff is better than your stuff, or uh, I'm a better leader than you, or you know, fill in the blank with those kinds of statements. That's not the mindset here. I think a great example of this is what we saw happen in many churches when uh, we first entered into the COVID season last spring, spring of 2020. What we saw is student pastors begin to step into the shoes of, I can bring something to the table here. I can offer creativity. I can offer innovation. I can help other people around the table know and understand how people connect virtually and digitally with each other. With each other. And so I think one of the great things about COVID and during this season in the church is that student pastors began to step into this mindset of, I have something to offer, and I'm not just going to keep it to myself that I can actually enhance and upgrade the experience that's going on here, and I can do it in a humble and approachable way where I'm not just saying I know best and everybody else is less than me, but a legitimate, hey, I want to help because I have this certain level of experience in what we're talking about. So that was one of the great things that came out of this COVID season in the church. And I think it's healthy for you to remember as you continue to seek to be an effective teammate is to notice, okay, am I taking advantage of the opportunities to speak into something and make it better? If you notice in meetings, continually passing on these opportunities. If you notice yourself saying, man, I have something to say here, but I'm just going to keep it to myself because I don't want to come across as prideful. I don't want to come across as rude. I don't know about kids' ministry. I'm just going to let them do it, or I don't know about this area of the church. I'm just going to let them lead. If you see yourself passing on those opportunities over and over and over, then allow that to be the warning light to say, hey, like focusing in on this meeting, part of that is showing up ready and willing to enhance and upgrade the things around you. As you notice these warning signs, and as you begin to act on these, here's what you're going to see happen. You are actually going to be able to raise the level of effectiveness, not only of yourself as a teammate, but you'll raise the effectiveness of the people around the table. Listen, I'm not going to assume that right now, All of your staff meetings are people who are completely engaged 100% of the time around the table, and there is an excellent teamwork environment there. There might be, and if that's the case, then that is amazing. But what is probably more the case is that 
your meetings vary from meeting to meeting with how people are engaged and with the level of teamwork or collaboration that's involved. And you have an opportunity here as the student pastor. You have an incredible opportunity to raise the bar of effectiveness, not just for yourself and not just as a teammate around the table, but as people see you engaging more, as they see your willingness to speak into other ministries, as they see your willingness to allow others around the table to speak and upgrade and enhance your ministry, as they see you take a step closer into what it means to be a good teammate, they will follow. And I believe that you'll see that 100% of the time. As you do this with a humble heart, you will see other people in the room begin to engage in this process more. And ultimately, that is good for the kingdom and it's good for your church. There are churches that exist where one area of ministry is more effective than other areas of ministry in the church. And sometimes that's just due to seasons of ministry. Sometimes a children's ministry might be growing more than other ones. Sometimes it might be a student ministry. Sometimes it might be something else. And I definitely believe that growth in churches uh, can be seasonal or cyclical. Um, but there are also times when there's an area of ministry growing in a church where when what's learned is shared, it can actually have a growth impact on the other areas of the church. And I think we all want to be a part of a church where it's not just one area that's growing really, really well, and everything else is just kind of limping along. I think we all, in the core of who we are, as people called by God to pastor, as people called by God to minister in the specific areas that he's placed us in for right now, being a part of a team, I think we legitimately look around the table and want every other ministry in the church to be thriving and growing. And one of the ways that you can ensure that to happen as a student pastor is to engage in the team that you are on, is to be a good teammate, is to ask yourself going into that meeting every single week, how can I be the best teammate possible today? How can I focus? How can I engage? How can I upgrade and enhance other ministries? How can I ask questions that will invite others to speak into my own ministry? All of those things will help improve your leadership, will help improve your influence around the table, and, like I said a moment ago, will help improve the kingdom impact that your church staff can have together when everyone is moving in the same way, pulling in the same direction, when there's collaborative energy, that's where we really begin to see special things happen on a church staff. I had the privilege of being a part of one of those church teams uh, as I served on a, as a student pastor in Virginia. Not every team that I've been on has been like that. And part of it, quite honestly, has been because I didn't pay attention to the warning signs on the dashboard that I gave to you earlier. I began to enter into some meetings with apathy. Uh, I didn't invite people to speak into my ministry, and I didn't volunteer to speak into others. I treated those meetings and that team that I was on as just something I had to endure so that I could go back to leading student ministry. And I can just tell you from personal experience, that is the wrong approach to take. 
That was a failure as a student pastor on my part. And I'm thankful to say that with some guidance and some mentoring from people in my life, I was able to move past that mindset and be a part of a team that really did work together. Now, did we always agree? No, but we were able to work together and there was trust in the room because we knew at the end of the day, all of us were headed in the same direction. And I hope that's the same for you as you seek to be the best teammate that you can possibly be. So I mentioned earlier the workshop about teams, being on teams and leading teams that we're going to have through Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube. That's going to be January the 25th at 12 p.m. Central Time. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. We have two special guests with us, Jeff Mingy and Dave McNeil. will both be sharing their insights on leading teams and being a part of a team. And we'll have some special stuff for you on that day, January 25th, noon central time through Student Ministry That Matters on YouTube. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.